know, but you have to go downtown to either Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. Fuck Trader Joe's. Yeah. I like Trader Joe's. I like Trader Joe's. They I ain't gonna lie. White women they like it too decent. much. <laughs> it depends on which location. It depends on which location. You're talking to a black woman. Look, There's wait. a whole Instagram page about <laughs> <of a> black <laughs> women who yes. love Trader Joe's. I follow that shit too. <laughs> Happy Black History Month. Welcome back to your beloved Blackly and historically Blackly Black I know that's podcast. right. I know that's right. Black, 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 black. It's the Exactly. Memory. Harlem's very own, featuring, as always, your three uh, Negro co-hosts. Speaking first, it's Justin K. Winley, a.k.a. T'Chilla, a.k.a. <laughs> Forgive him that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Way back then. I gave him that one. A.k.a. Samurai Shampoo, a.k.a. Mr. Ari Lennox, the Shea Butter Baby's baby father, joined by I know that's boy. right. Yo, what up? It's, it's your boy, Sinbad Stefanucci, a.k.a. The Middleman, a.k.a. Black Thee McConaughey, a.k.a. <laughs> the Honorable <laughs> Elijah Flo Hamid, Minister of the Nation of Rizlam. Oh, wow. Wow. That was good. That was good. Thank, like you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And like our that. third mic. Oh, hello, everybody. It's Ahmad Kevin Simmons, a.k.a. the Melanated Mac Daddy, a.k.a. Mm. the Sexy Chocolate Stormbreaker. Okay? <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Every time. Hey, off the top. Motherfucker. the dome. It's off the top. Okay. Off the top. Every sexy time. Sexy Chocolate Stormbreaker is. I know that's right. Come on now. Listen, I, thank you, thank you. We yes. we we have, we have to do a little handshake for that one, everybody. That one. Fucking we, firebender. We, <laughs> <laughs> we 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 have a lovely, lovely guest for you guys today, and she is here to, of course, she is here to bless you guys today, and we would love you to introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, um, I'm Jaleesa Yancey, and AKAs would be. JRY Designs. I'm just going to keep it at my artist name. I know that's Period. Right. <laughs> Period. Um, Shameless plug. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, that's what this is all about. That's the point of the features series. We're very grateful to have you on here with us. Um, for a little bit of background, I met Jaleesa on a project called Speak Up, Brother. That was a short film um, written by Roderick Lawrence, directed by our good friend, Wes Goodrich. Um, she was the production designer on the project. Um, and did an outstanding job. Thank Anyone you. who has seen the film, which I think includes everyone at this I table. I have not. Dang, I'm sorry, oh, bro. We gotta get you. You, neither of you have seen it? No. no oh, you, you haven't. I have. I do. Okay, yeah. Listen, it's not. It's really not up to me. It's do Wes's fault. And here's the problem. <laughs> Wes sent me the link. I, I just haven't watched it. Oh, okay. So and it's on Wes. me. Season. Do your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you get the link. You got to click on it. Yeah, you know, I, I can only do to. so much I've work. <laughs> I will happily do so, okay? Um, but he sends me a lot of shit. He does. <laughs> she did an outstanding job, and we're definitely going to talk a little later about um, what that process was like. But mm. what sparked us bringing you on was your recent work with the Grand Scale Mural Project yes. in Harlem. Yes. So... Um, I'm curious, you know, first of all, for our listeners, a little bit of background about yourself. You're originally from Memphis. Am I, am I correct? So, uh, you know, home at the Grizzlies. Let's go. (laughs) So coming from Memphis to New York, you know, if you want to talk a bit about the contrast in those cultures and then, Hmm. um, yeah. Well, how, uh, how did you get involved with the mural project? 
Yeah, so that might be a big question. That's a <laughs> huge I'm question. Keep it short. You know, how much time do we have? Yeah, we um, got it. We got enough time. So basically, time. my ancestors. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I was a military kid, so mm. I grew mm. up a little bit everywhere. Memphis was where I was born, and then my dad decided to retire after being like in the Marines for like 28 years. Okay. And um, yeah, he was like, Is your dad, I David go home. Goggins. Stupid. No, <laughs> his name is David. Though. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> he was he was stay hard. Yeah, you know, he was carry the boats. He was carrying the boats. The logs. I mean, you don't know me, son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue, continue, continue. <laughs> but yeah, so he was like, I'm tired, and mm-hmm. I'm going to retire, and I want to be close to my family. So we he retired back at home in Memphis. So. Mm, that's nice. Yeah, and it was definitely like a whirlwind for me because we moved from Okinawa, Japan to Memphis. Um, my goodness. And I was oh. 14 years old, and I was like, what's going on? I don't know anything about this culture, right? I, so, so how much time had you spent in Japan? About six years. Oh, like snap. Predominantly okay. like this was This was when years. you were like single digits. Like yeah. When you're, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. And yeah. so you started off this in Memphis, mm-hmm. moved, to, moved to Japan, then came back. After well, that. a little, a few other places before Japan. Hopped around. Got it, got it, got it, got it. That's like what made this journey here to New York mm, mm. so prominent. Because I was so mm. used to moving around. Like moving to me was simple. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, like a new thing for me. You know? Right. So like that transition to Memphis helped me understand like more American ways, mm. you know, mm. like um, being a teenager and then just finding my own lane of things, mm-hmm. discovering things I was into. So mm-hmm. theater was my first passion for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And like I played puck and different things, <laughs> you know, that was probably my favorite character. But I discovered that you could actually do production design. Right. In theater, mm-hmm. and for the longest time, I did that. Helped out with my like Playhouse on the Square local theater, um, and then I discovered that I liked art more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then comes the process of like figuring out your portfolio for college and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to go to college, but I just didn't know where uh, where I wanted to study or anything like that. So I decided that I'll just apply for all the schools that are not in Tennessee. And then my parents set me down. They were like, but you're going to school in Tennessee. I said, Seems oh. to be a disconnect. Mm. I wish that <laughs> this would have been a conversation. Yeah. I was like, okay, fine. They were said, if you go to get your master's, you can go wherever else, but let's keep it local. And I was like, okay, fine, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so I went to uh, Lipscomb University for uh, marketing and graphic design. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, it's a small Christian college uh, in Nashville. Uh, it's not too far from like Vanderbilt and Fisk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I left Memphis just three hours away, went to Nashville, hung out there for a few years. And once I graduated in three years, and because Thanks, I, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, you know, I'm proud, but it took a lot of discipline, a lot of study, a lot of focus, but I knew that there was greater things for me. Plus, I already had a job working yeah. in corporate and doing marketing graphic design coming out of college so i did the corporate world and i wasn't satisfied and one thing i've always learned is to listen to my voice really quickly and Mm -hmm. listen to my intuition um i'm a creative soul i have to constantly create be making things Mm -hmm. uh and i said the best place to be is new york Mm. so why not so i sold everything i had this uh 
car. It was a 1996 Park Avenue Buick classic. Okay. Right. Only oh, wow. like rich white people have this. Car. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I got it for I bought it for five hundred dollars and I sold it for a thousand dollars. So I flipped it mm, so that nice. I could move to New York. Basically. Okay. Flipped it like a brick. Look yeah, nice. you know, basically, you Double know, it. and. Um, yeah, the guy Double who it bought give it, it to the next person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he made it into a like a monster car. Like uh. he like flipped it and turned it into like one of those like you know how some people like wrap their cars in like yeah. M and M's wrapping uh, and like yeah, have yeah, the okay. rims and stuff on yeah. it. He basically took it and flipped it. Holy oh, wow. shit! <laughs> yeah, so he he didn't mind spending the money. Um, now, this was the crossroad for me. I wanted to go get my master's, mm-hmm. and I was going to be in marketing and business and. I wanted to go that route, you know, because I knew that was going to be a lucrative route. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have to struggle, mm-hmm. you know, but um, and that was going to take me to Boston for Boston University. OK. And then I decided I came. I went on a visit. They brought me up to visit Boston. And then I had a few friends who lived be- in New York. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, on my way back down to Nashville, let me just slide through New York, hang out. Mm-hmm. It was the summertime and I was sold. And I said, I don't care what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I'll sleep on the couch once I get here. And that's what right I did. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. It was perfect. I moved here in 2014. Okay. Yeah. And haven't looked back. Yeah. It's wow. home now. This is my home. I've never felt like a place was my home, but I feel like New York is my home. And so that obviously led to you feeling that you had uh, not only a right, but maybe um, an obligation to help contribute to the the mural project. Yeah. So I met I met uh, Uptown Grand Central, who runs the Grand Scale Mural Project Mm -hmm. a few years ago, right before the pandemic. I was living off of 143rd in um, Amsterdam. And okay. I'm I'm a big person on like local foods, mm-hmm. you know, going to your community gardens, things like that. Uh, and I found them. I looked up like where's my local like CSA or something like that. Okay, like, a local food way where you can just like get fresh produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I discovered Uptown Grand Central, and they just been a pillar of the community. I love everything that they do. And ever since then, I think it was like back in 2019, I just been you know, condoning, like, everything that they're about and Mm -hmm. trying to celebrate them and contribute back to what they're doing for the community. So Mm. they had put out an open call. I had just moved back to the city back in 2021 where they did the first grand-scale mural project. Mm -hmm. And um, they put out an open call. And the whole point of the grand-scale mural project, I don't know if you did, like, any research into it, but it's all about, like, just beautifying the community, basically, mm-hmm. and taking, like, these um, fences that these corporate companies, like, just put up, and they haven't... It's like gentrification things. It's mm-hmm. like, how mm-hmm. can we hold off on this property until we have the right type of investors, basically, mm-hmm. you know? So they'll just take over land, put up a fence, and... Not allow anything to grow there. Exactly, yeah. right? And it's so eyesore, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And where exactly it is, I mean... I don't know how many of your listeners know, like, where um, 125th between, um, what is it, Lexington and 3rd Avenue is, but mm-hmm. it's pretty intense. Yeah, you know? sure like, is. It's oh, a yeah. world <laughs> of, <laughs> of, like, four, five, six things train happening. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. If you want to know what underground yeah. life is like, just mm-hmm. walk over there. You'll be fine. Like, yeah. You'll <laughs> see land. so many it's, different yeah. things. The new trains you was riding on the, on the A-line are not coming to the green, bro. Oh. <laughs> the new oh, yeah. trains are not coming yeah. over there. Not. Yeah. Because it's too grimy It'll over there. The it's, it's, I'm telling you. and But it's not in a way like it reminds you to be part of your community yeah. mm. because they'll, they'll come back. You know, like if you're whatever they're on or anything, like mm. they come back and they recognize like that you're beautifying their neighborhood. Mm, mm, mm. And so I'll be out there painting. They're like, oh, sis, doing a great job. Thank you so much. You're like, you're helping us. You yeah. Know? You're helping us see that we're worth something. Right. And mm. I think that's important for your community. I've lived uh, in Harlem long enough. And I'm, I'm sure all of you can remember when that path mark was over there. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> man. Come on now. 125th Street. When it was just, now it's just there. a fucking <laughs> empty lot over yeah. there. Yeah. I remember when my, my, my grandmother, she was in that nursing home, which was right by the train station. Mm. Um, well, by the, where the Metro North is too. Um, and every time we go over there, we'll see path mark where it's just like, you know, it was vacant at that point. Yeah, it, then, it would like slowly when deteriorate. When was that? 2011? Uh, when did that shit fold? I don't even remember, dog. Two, <laughs> it was pre-pandemic for sure. Like officially fold. Mm. Oh, fold was like I think 2016, 2017. Yeah, I think it, it was, was when I was in college. Second, yeah. yeah, yeah. When I was in college, that was when they that was when they had um, closed it all down, mm-hmm. and they just kept it there for a few years it was so before derelict. they tore it down. It they demolished awful. it in 2021, but I don't. I'm trying to yeah. find when it was closed. Uh, hmm. It closed in like 2000, 2015. 2015. Okay, that's when it closed. So yeah, that mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah it, it was that that was like a prominent um, supermarket for yeah. Harlem in, in general. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the there place. was a desert when yeah. it was gone. And now they have the bazaar on, uh, mm-hmm. on the food bazaar. Yeah. On, the other, yeah. on the other side. But yeah. see, that's that's the thing. We always went over to the east side for that specific market. Mm-hmm. But now that it's not there no more. For most Harlem people, it's like, what's the point? The mm-hmm. east side don't got shit right now. We just no, lost Target. Yeah. Yes, y'all do. But, but yeah. is Aldi they, over they there? That down, the Aldi, yeah. the Aldi over there is lit. Yeah. Aldi over there is popping. But like Target <laughs> brought everybody <laughs> from the Bronx yeah. to the what? From the west the side terminal. of Harlem, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all that way to the Terminal Mall. Yeah, like, shit. It's, it's a shame. And I and I know that when, once they put hmm. once you know that place gets built, I wonder what they're gonna put there. It might be put. It might be a mall. Or it might be a residential building. It'd it's be cool definitely going to be homes. You think so? Yeah. I oh, think homes gonna, for, yeah. for rich people. Yeah. 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 Just the way they're setting luxury it up. Homes. Yeah. 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 And, and the train's going to be right there, too. too. Yeah. yeah, the train is Four, there. Four, five, six, yeah. Metro North, And when everything. you have, it's by the DMV, but it's also, <laughs> they've been restoring the, the some of the storefronts over there. Yeah. By the food bazaar. Yeah, yeah. They might have some shops underneath, but the rest is going to be high rise. If I see a Victoria's Secret or Tiffany's, I want someone to throw a damn firebomb on it. Who um, knows? Pathmark might come back. It better. Uh, mm. <laughs> no, Pathmark has a corporation folded. Yeah. Oh, oh period. Yeah, they like I had a homegirl yeah. who worked one in uh in in Dickman, and <laughs> <laughs> Dickman. Dickman. Oh my goodness. I hate you for that. <laughs> oh, I hate you for that. Yeah, I had a homegirl over there, and she was working at Pathmark. I think in, in like twenty when I meet her, like 2014, 2015, and that slowly just like folded. Yeah, mm. yeah, it just gone like Pathmark, as a corporation, gone. Mm-hmm. Oh but yeah, a lot of those stores. I remember when we used to come visit, we would go to Conway, 
and Conway mm, was my Conway. shop. Conway, yes. Conway I, was I, I, like all the clothing needs, like apartment needs, home needs that you need. There's like, like a superstore. Superstore. Yes. Huh. yes. And they always there's a joke like if you want to have warm clothes, come to New York and buy like all your warm clothes and then go back down to the south. Uh huh. Because you don't have I to worry about that. anything. Yeah. Because yeah. it's resilient clothing yeah. here, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And Conway was the place to get the affordable, sure resilient clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure was. Yeah. I, I, I forget where it was mm-hmm. um, in, in, in all of them, but Conway was the place to, to be. Yeah. And um, speaking of Pathmark, like now on 145th, right, right there on 8th Avenue, like that one is Food Town. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my God, Food Town. Yeah, so now, you know, it might it, there's no power no more. It's going to be either Food Town or uh, Key Food Key that's food. there. Oh. But back to what you were talking about. They have about to with do better with their grocery stores, though. We, that is a whole nother conversation right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I am sick of going to these, to those, to those two specific places and not getting what I want, yeah. you know, yeah. but you got to go downtown to either Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. Fuck Trader Joe's. Yeah. I like Trader Joe's. I like Trader Joe's. I ain't gonna lie to you. Women they like it too much. <laughs> it depends on which location. It depends on which location. You're talking heights. to a black woman. There's a whole Instagram page <laughs> about black women yes. who love Trader Joe's. I that shit too. <laughs> they put you on. They put, you they put me on no, to that shit, bro. I'm telling you. No, it's actually good, though. I'll meet you for Whole Foods, right? We all know Whole Foods. I mean, fuck Whole Foods. Whole Paycheck. But Trader Joe's. Yes. I can literally have a cart full and they're like one fifty. Wait a minute, one fifty <laughs> just for this shit? Yes. Trader Joe's for air. Seventy. <laughs> exactly. So Stepping in into tax. the store. Don't make no damn sense. <laughs> I mean, not to not to turn this into the supermarket review no. podcast. But it's good because that's what Uptown Grand Central ba- to help you out. Mm. Here. That's what Uptown Grand Central basically is all about. Is yeah. It's a layup. Bringing food to the community. Yes. Mm-hmm. And with that, they're bringing cultural things. Yeah. Right. So. In our culture, and I'm a big hip hop head, my way into art was hip hop, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And so, you know, sorry. <laughs> um, graffiti, bombing the city, like the old traditional way of saying it, bombing the city, uh, tagging your name. That was yeah. one of the pillars, the art form for hip hop. Yeah. And so that's what Uptown Grand Central is just trying to uphold community of the hip hop world, right? Uh, Harlem was the epicenter of what does blackness look like as a uh, as a mecca, mm-hmm. right? And so the rest of America always looked to Harlem and Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, even parts of LA to know like this is what it looks like to like uphold blackness yeah. and keep us a stronghold. And that's yeah. what Uptown Grand Central is like that's dope. basically doing. That is really cool. I'm I'm curious, this mm. is a bit of an aside, but since you know you you talked about um, the history of graffiti, uh First of all, it's cool to know that that is the specific mural that you worked on because I pass by there a lot and, yeah. I, and I see the artwork, but I haven't taken the time to really look at it. So mm-hmm. next time I'm over there, I'll take a little selfie by yeah, it so take you can a know selfie. I'm there. All, and tag, tag them. They yeah, love that absolutely. because it just helps let the world know that the initiatives that they have yeah. going on. Um, yeah. But Thank you. <laughs> when, you, when you think about the history mm-hmm. of, of tagging and of graffiti, do you uh, specifically delineate between muralism or graffiti and tagging do you see a difference between like what you do which is obviously like creating full artwork full pieces versus just like taking a a, a black 
yeah. <laughs> Sharpie, basically, and <laughs> writing your name on the side of a train, right? Like, yeah, yeah. How do you, you know, uh, uh, delineate those? I think there's definitely, I think it's all art, mm. first off. It takes a lot of confidence to take a permanent marker and write your name <laughs> sure. on. Yeah. The t- the that's something that's not your property. The cojones. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I mean, the I've, you know, hopefully this doesn't get to the feds or anything. <laughs> but, you know, I've done my amount of tagging. Okay. Right? Like, Can you speak a bit more into the mic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, and, yeah got yeah, you. Go um, we are tapped. Just, we are tapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, I know. Um, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's an adrenaline thing, yeah. you know, mm. for most taggers. It's like, how how often can I tag my name and get away with it, right? right? Um, and then when it comes to graffiti, it's all about the art style. It's mm-hmm. like, what's your style? Mm-hmm. And over there, mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of, like, old heads that have some graffiti pieces, mm-hmm. like, in their writing styles, right? So it's just understanding the language between tagging, graffiti, bombing, doing murals, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think murals it's came like around. It's a spectrum. You're it's saying. a spectrum, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think they came around because a lot of people weren't um, appreciating the art style of street art of right. graffiti. Right. So they're like, how can we take, you know, public art? That's what muralism is mm-hmm. all about. Is like taking public art and making it accessible right Mm -hmm. and the best way to do it and the most affordable way to do it is by bringing murals into your community so asking artists right and most artists like even a lot of artists for the project aren't taggers or graffiti artists or anything like that most of them a lot of the pieces that you see are not even like painted spray cans or spray paint or anything right so a lot of it's like mixed media a lot of people will use different paints like outdoor paints even household paints um, a lot of them will use markers. A lot of them will use acrylic paints and then like cover it with like a outdoor varnish so that it can upkeep. Yeah. Um, and then like the main ones will use spray paint, right? Yeah. One of the the projects that's been very prominent in my ni- my neck of the woods specifically mm. is the Audubon mural project. Yes. I don't know if you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ahmad, you've probably seen some of these too if you've ventured a little further uptown and a little further west. Yeah. If you've ever seen paintings of birds. Mm-hmm. Along, yes. yeah, they, along buildings. That's what that is, uh, and it's. A, I just looked up why it's called that, actually. <laughs> but it's it's named for uh, John James Audubon, who um, was uh, he he had a collection, a folio of Birds of America, mm-hmm. and so he lived in this area or in that in that part of uh, of the city, and so the project was meant to honor him by kind of recreating his art. Oh, that's pretty. Oh, that's fascinating. So, and there's one literally right on my block. If you're walking from uh, Amsterdam toward Broadway, yeah, heading to my apartment, uh, the side of one of the buildings has a bird on it. It's very pretty. Oh, it's all over. Yeah, but I I think to your point, it 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 felt at a certain point that maybe I don't know if it was a city government thing or if it was a sort of maybe like a non-profit or maybe a handshake between the two that the increase of murals felt like an olive branch towards street artists, right? Like we're not, instead of obviously criminalizing it mm-hmm. and we've yeah. had a muralist on the show before. <laughs> oh our yeah, friend, Gia. Our yeah. friend Gia. Yeah, okay, who yeah. painted uh, that, uh, the Stella, Stella Artois mural. The Stella, oh, yes. Yeah, that one. Oh, fantastic. Right there, yes. So she's an old friend of Jude's and yes. she, yeah, yeah. what up, Gia? Uh, she communicated <laughs> some of work. her experiences with it as well. But um, that's, that's been yeah. my perspective yeah. on it is that it feels like this, this, maybe one of the only, it's, 
times the city's been like, all right, we'll throw you a bone. <laughs> yeah, they throw a bone, but at that same time, is like you have to get the licensing. Like you mm. have to get the permits and things like that, right? Mm. Because the first time that Uptown Grand Central, the Grand Central Mural Project did it is, I don't want to put all their info out there, but <laughs> basically they didn't have the permits. Yeah to keep it running yeah 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 so th this time around they learn oh we got to have permits to keep it running so that they don't get defaced right. basically right so other taggers come, come around yeah. they're protected right but also protected by the company so we had all these contracts that we had to sign and things like that mm. so normally what you can do as a mural artist is like you can go to different storefronts or companies and ask them like yo like would you love to have a mural done and you can just propose to them a piece that you want to do mm -hmm. and then the company or the business will be like yeah it sounds good that's cool and that's a great way for artists who want to put their work out there and not get in trouble yeah you mm -hmm. know yeah yeah but there is the nitty-gritty of doing bombing the city that's why it's called bombing it's yeah. like yeah. i'm gonna toss up my art piece and yeah. yeah like and then all of a sudden the world's gonna know my message right. right and that's the radicalization of hip-hop but also like art it's mm -hmm. supposed to be that way it's supposed to have a message behind everything yeah. mm. right and so when sometimes the murals i get sometimes they get misconduluted into being like oh but it's a graffiti piece actually no it's not because it was planned mm. and people knew that it was coming mm, mm, for the most part mm. and that's the big difference it's like i want to let the world know like i'm here this is my artist's name but this is what i believe that the world needs right now gotcha so cheers to all the graffiti artists still doing it cheers to y'all yeah yeah i'll open it up <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't dominated I but do you want one no go, go ahead Jake. okay uh <laughs> how do you define art mm. well i define it as your own personal you know message that you want the world to know you know and sometimes that message can even be for yourself okay. i think i think the art can i don't think there's really a definition to mm. art to be real mm -hmm. I think art is by whoever makes it and whoever wants to see it. Okay. Some people will look at my art and be like, I don't know if that's art, you know? And then some people will look at it and be like, oh, wow, you have really something to say here. Yeah. And then they'll ask me that question, like, or they'll ask me about the work. And I'm like, well, it's really up to you. I've done my work for it, you know? I've worked through whatever my process is or anything like that. But yeah, I think it's in, it's like beauty, right? It's mm. an eye of, eye of the beholder. Yeah. And art's the same way. It's an idol. Then I have a follow-up with that because I saw this on, in a video and I wanted to ask her because I was like, oh, this will be interesting. Mm. Would you consider video games art? Yeah, that's art. Most of the video game artists start in the illustration world. Sure. You know? And you go from there. You want to make a comic. And then maybe you're like, well, I actually really like this video game that I, I have nostalgic playing. One of my favorite video games is Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> a gangster ass answer. Okay, yes. like I still have it on my Game Boy. You yeah. know, so oh, that's right. you still have a Game Boy? Yeah, okay. you gotta keep up hard. with your that's you know, hard. things. <laughs> she she had to find a way to entertain herself on that trip to Memphis to New York. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but she leveled up all her Pokemon. <laughs> Crash racing. <laughs> that crash racing was a little... Yes, it that was. was a good one. Um, but yeah, I think that video game art is. And I don't think they get a lot of appreciation 
for being artist because the amount of talent that you have to have to create a video game, first off, and illustrate all that first and then color it and then animate it yeah. in a way that people can actually have live gameplay with it. That's insane. You're I spending wish. spending months, even like years yes. designing this shit. Yes. I, I, I get it. It's yeah. a narrative. You have to have your imagination. That's also what art is. It's about your imagination, right? Like, and yeah. video games have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, there's a there's an aspect, there are aspects of certain things like video games, like film, mm-hmm. where uh, art and and technique or art and science become almost indistinguishable mm-hmm. you know like uh, even in, in in combat they they talk about boxing as the sweet science but then they could also say the art of boxing like when something is done at a very high level mm. people love to describe it as either an art or a science mm-hmm. almost interchangeably because of the proficiency with which it's done um so in something like video games when you have the collaboration between um between storyboard artists and between writers and you know directors and obviously animators and then uh, voice performers, all that, all these different crafts coming together. Yeah, definitely. And the other cool part about the video game thing was, I was watching it on Wisecrack, which is where I got the question from, mm. is they said that film is art, but it's only one-sided, mm. you know. But with video games, you have, a, you have more autonomy you're a participant. In, in the, yeah, you're, you're a participant in mm-hmm. the interaction with the art. So you are being creative in what you do right. in the game. So I, I, particularly, I didn't, yeah. particularly right with the with the increasing popularity of open world mm-hmm. sandbox type games, mm-hmm. yeah. where Grand it's, Theft Auto and shit. Right, Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto, uh, Legend of Zelda, Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, All these Skyrim really is what started mm-hmm. it way back when, but Very yeah, true. and customizations and mods and all that stuff with, what, with all those these Tekken characters yeah. with the fades and <laughs> <Yeah>. shit, bro, <laughs> looking like Drake <laughs> <laughs> and Sean Paul. Yeah, it's uh, Paul. really moving towards making more of a personal statement, even on yeah. something that was created by other people. Yeah, it's it's collaboration, honestly, right. and right. that's what all art needs yeah. most of the time. Like. The amount of art that I make, there's always some type of collaboration happening. Yeah, It's interesting. I I was going to say, now that I'm thinking of it, based on what you two have said, video Mm -hmm. games are maybe the only, like, art form that allows the recipient to collaborate constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, like when you paint something, you're not inviting people. Well, I'm sure some people could do and maybe have done this, like inviting people to add to the painting. Sure, you could do that. You don't put a painting in a gallery. And let and have other people like put it down a line, right? That's what, it, yeah, or do something like that, right? Yeah. Unless but that will, you wanted to, unless that was the point I'll, of the exhibit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I will say that in art, at least my approach to it is that I think that the viewer is participating, mm-hmm. it, whether or not it's a live action or if it's a gallery piece, Within right? The, mm-hmm. your, because it w- it's all about mm-hmm. the narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I can say what my narrative is. I can write it on the wall and you see it, right? And you can read it. But at the end of the day, your imagination is going to spark when you see my work. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can go to any world that you want to when you're looking at art. That's the collaboration. So then they're going to see this work and they're going to be like, oh, wow, I saw this, you know, you know, uh, figurative piece that was all about black history and um, 
uplifting our voices and things like that and they're going to share that with someone and they're going to go look at it and they're going to pick up something else and they keep adding and adding and adding and that's what video games do as well they get better and better and better yeah every time they have users play it right right? it's funny you say that because the the one example that comes to my head and it's just been playing in my head was um spider-man uh into the the spider-verse with miles morales and they had hundreds of artists Mm -hmm. put their own twists into uh each yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and even with the characters bro Mm -hmm. i I was i was just amazed as to uh them even doing that and how many years they have spent on uh creating that that film even yeah even more so in the sequel right which Mm -hmm. which like that was to the crazy. point that every character's world, like like Gwen's world, is this watercolor, like yes. like right. you know, um, they've got these weird like interpretive graphics that pop up behind mm-hmm. her in the background, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously Miles and has the, like, Spider Man was, um, yeah, it yeah. was like it was, he had it was like a, almost a collage, like paper yeah. collage kind of world. Who uh, evil Miles? No, uh, Punjabi Spider Man. Oh, Punjabi uh, Spider Man. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I forgot the the version of Peter Parker that his name was, but yeah, yeah. Indian Spider-Man. And then obviously Miles's world, which we were already familiar with, you know, it's just, I mean, we have a friend, Amir, who, uh, who thinks that animation is like the ultimate art form, period. And that, and you know, um, and I think what is, what obviously what animation can do uh, is it offers, um, it has freedom. It has a, a visual freedom that mm-hmm. that no other form necessarily has because it it can take the the uh, the expression of a painting, but then it can make yeah. it move. Yeah, and it can it could give it life in a way. Um, uh, and then you know, obviously, you can't mimic that kind of expression, that boldness in live action, which offers different um, assets of its own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so to exactly your point, yeah, the incorporation of all those different artists and the and and the way that, damn, <laughs> New York is angry. Somebody is in a mood. It's today. Super Bowl Sunday. People are trying to get oh, home. Exactly. But the ways in which uh, the artistic community was brought in to help mm. to collaborate and make something beautiful, yeah. notwithstanding that there were some stressors about the the mm. CG artists, the v, the yes. VFX artists having enough yeah. time yeah. to do the thing and get it done. Exactly. That's from the other end, the studio end of things when you're dealing with deadlines and whatnot. And that's the thing. Animation takes forever. You know, yeah. I just recently seen Boy and the Heron. Oh, uh, I heard that was good. Oh, how was it? It was immaculate. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. But well, some he's people, the master. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're talking about animation, he has to come up. But mm-hmm. the thing about it is a lot of people were coming for him because he actually used, you know, some technology this time uh-huh. to help to animate, yeah. right? And normally he doesn't. But I mean, this is a 80 plus year old man, right? Like yeah. his studio, he, he has to get some things cranking mm-hmm. out yeah. sooner rather than later. Now. I watched his documentary too. This is Hayao Miyazaki, mm-hmm. the director of uh, Spirited Away and oh, uh, House yeah. Moving Castle for those listening who aren't I aware. I know about his documentary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he has a documentary called The Never Ending Man. And it's oh, a lot of it is him just so being like, uh, <laughs> I kind of hate doing this, but I can't stop. So like it's him complaining it, about the yeah. process <laughs> and, and, and talking about how the industry has changed and the form, the art form has changed. Mm. He's still dedicated to animating by hand, drawing yes. out everything. But yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, not that like his age prohibits anyone's age prohibits them from doing anything, but it does mean you have to adapt. Exactly. And yeah, if he if listen, 
this guy has been a champion for a specific kind of animation for his entire career. Mm-hmm. If he is deciding now that he needs a little bit of assistance to get something done, he's the last Give person you should be criticizing. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's not some dude on YouTube. I'm recreating Hayao Miyazaki with AI. Right. You know, that's a totally different situation. How do you feel about AI art now that we've brought it up? Yeah, I, know. I, I knew it was going to come up. Um, <laughs> it was either going to be me or Jude who asked. I was not going to do it. No? No. Nah. <laughs> Were you going to ask that? That was not going to be on the top of my head. I was going to talk about your artwork, but go ahead. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. Um, I think AI is cool. You know, I think you have to decide how you want to use it. It's a tool, right? It's a tool. I use it. I like ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. It's great. It helps me write a lot of my uh, applications for it rants. art. You know, <laughs> you got to just get your thoughts out there. And yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. as an artist, we get in our minds and we can stay on the same par- paragraph and say the same, you know, convoluted words every single time to describe your practice. Yeah. And AI helps with help break that. that pattern. Yeah. Sure. yeah. To help you see like, oh, I have a routine of writing of my writing style mm-hmm. help me fix it mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sometimes especially for artists myself like you need help so i don't have the means to hire certain people right. so i have to develop a lot of the things myself so for example i have a mural coming or i have a sculpture coming up and i have to propose it right but i can't afford to render out my proposal basically ah. So what I'll do is I'll go to use AI Mm -hmm. and I say, here's my prompt. This is my idea. It's not saying that's not my idea once I get it generated from AI. And AI is just taking everything from the Internet, which I think is mind blowing. First off, that there is a system that can take everything that's in the world and make it into what you're thinking or your idea. Right. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Who knew? You know, like we would get here. Back to the Future dreamt of this, Basically. and like we're here now. In 2015, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> It'll be the future. Hoverboards. <laughs> yeah, we, wish we don't have cool. those. I mm. wish we I need wish to. to. But yeah, I think it's it's part of the wave, and sometimes you can fight it or you can get on board. It's up to you. Right. Um, yeah. You're not missing out on anything if you don't, and. I think it's just going to add to what your repertoire is already if you do. Mm. Uh, but just be careful with it, you mm-hmm. know, like just know what you're using it for. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like most of the time people, they use AI and half of the people just be fucking around with yeah. it. They just be, you know. Seeing what they can do. Seeing, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, conjuring up some type of piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cat floating in space with Something. tuna cans. I love it. Like, what? You know? This is yeah. nice. Dragon Ball Z in <laughs> 1940s noir. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I think it was, it was yeah. that one trend that was on Instagram where uh, mm-hmm. everybody was showcased, was um, uh, 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 posting how they would look in like mm-hmm. a 90s oh yearbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just, that, that was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> now, that see, really that's everywhere. where I get annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Like every celebrity is gonna do it, right? Right, right, exactly, exactly. We get it. No, (laughs) I, um, I, I definitely agree with that, and Mm -hmm. I have, I have yet to, um, um, explore AI, um, try it out in in itself. Uh, but I know that people who use like ChatGPT, like we were saying, Mm -hmm. um, and I have yet to just be like, "Hmm, let me see what this is all about, um, and you know, you. You, you feel like it's it can be used in many different ways like whether it's you know for um just just to just to fuck around and see what what what, what you can like you know 
put out crikey ass, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <but> language <laughs> practice I've used it for. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. used it yeah. to help me practice, uh, yeah, like Spanish or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. suggest. Some people use it to suggest dietary whatevers, yeah. or you know, there's. I used to make workout programs. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fire! Wow. No, I mean it's it's with 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 artwork. It's it could be many different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even with that, but speaking of artwork. Yeah. Yours is fucking amazing. <laughs> yes. I just gotta oh, say, um, <laughs> I, I've been looking. I, I was talking with with, with with the guys before you came here, uh-huh. and um, one mm-hmm. of your illustrations, mm-hmm. um, I cannot keep my eyes off of it. It's um, it's the one where a black woman is, uh, she is biting into a certain fruit. Oh, an apple. That one is. That's okay. so funny. I love that you like that piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I look for, off a first glance. Yes, first glance, yeah. I was like, I am immersed in this. Like, if you do, do you like often like sell your illustrations or do people? Um, yeah. Okay, he's putting a bit. <laughs> in. I know. Yeah. I am. I am on, on, on the podcast. On the podcast. I got you. Yeah, I, just it's, talk it's to so me after. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. And I, another thing we, we can talk about afterwards is involved with a uh, a tattoo. Yeah, coming soon. But okay. um, yeah. yeah, you want to get that? I saw what the you were looking one. at. I saw. I saw. Oh, what, what you, you talking about? You don't, you you don't know what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. Goddamn. You no no no. With these here, like, do you often? You definitely have people come to you to try to like um, they give you certain descriptions as to what mm-hmm. they should have their tattoo mm-hmm. look like, and you like would say, my and maybe I can like tweak this in a way. Like, have yeah. they have you, have you had some like had somebody pay you to um, draw a tattoo for for themselves before? I have. It's it's wow. you know it's it's daunting. First off, I, I'm sure because you're like okay, this is what I would feel uh-huh. this right. should look like. You and know? Yeah. Do you have any tattoos? I have two. Okay. Yes. Tattoos. I have none. I have tattoos. five. Okay. I have six. Yeah. Nice. Fire. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And my brother's a tattoo artist, actually. He has Ooh. his own Fuego. tattoo shop in, in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Ink therapy. Shout him out. Shout him out. Shout there him you go. David Yancey. Yeah. That's how I got into doing graffiti, actually. Wow. Oh, it's your whole family. It's my brother. Yeah, my whole family's creative. They're just a creative family. I, and I would, <laughs> I was thinking of this in, in, in the beginning because you were saying oh, your dad was um, was just. Uh, in in the Marines, Marines mm-hmm. for for twenty eight years. Yeah, yeah. Now before he joined and all of that, how did you even get that um, that this, that that this yeah imagination? I yeah, have? yeah. Uh, what, they what, help what, what foster it. I have I have amazing parents. You wow. know, like they're they're creative folks. My dad played saxophone for the Fire. longest in high school. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, he just always wanted us to just pursue what we wanted. You know, mm-hmm. in retrospect, though, so, you know, like you have to have a plan. Yeah. Right. And he always believes that you can have plan A to Z. Mm-hmm. Right. And that comes with education. That comes with knowledge. That comes with training, whatever it is. Right. Go for it. And if you're going to do it. Put all yourself into it. Right. Yeah. Um, my mom was an interior designer um, and just all around creative person. Right. And yeah. um she she uh she passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. About six years ago, so her anniversary of that's coming up. But it's uh, they fostered in us something that I I wish that many families do for their black children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, mind you, it wasn't always easy because you have to show up in it. Right? Of course. Um. But they love like film and TV and like arts and. 
we didn't go to a lot of museums growing up. We went to like a lot of like natural history and science museums, but mm-hmm. not a lot of art museums. Yeah. Um, all that to be said, they allowed us to pursue our passions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had only two choices graduating high school. You either go to the military or you go to college. I'm sure. You know? Yeah. But within that, we got to make our own choices, you know? That and I think ultimately that's what parents are supposed to do. It's yeah. kind of help guide you mm-hmm. in a way so that you become a responsible person in society, adult in society. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you go from there and you make your own decisions, right? I, I, and I think, and I um, you know, correct but me yes, if, get, I, if I'm get wrong. Get your tattoo made. Um. <laughs> and buy a great artist and be very, very picky about the artist that you get to do the tattoo first off, as you probably already know, mm. but also to who makes it and really have that consultation with your artist. And yeah. be like, this is what I'm vibing with, you know? Yeah. And then have that artist do a consultation with the tattoo artist to make sure that they can do the tattoo. Yeah. Yes. No, definitely, definitely. I, Thank you for that. Yes, you're Thank welcome. you for that. Anytime. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, um, because I wanted to dive more in that because I know it because you, you told us you grew up in a in a military family, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you have known anybody else or any of your friends that grew up in in military families that they've. <laughs> do you think like they've gotten that that uh that option before they went to college, um, saying that you either pursue y- your dreams or you're going straight to the military. But I know that when people go to the military, they can always pursue their dreams yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Um, you can join the reserves, you know, do four-year track. Yeah. Get college paid for. Yeah. All those things, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The funny thing about being a military kid is, especially if you move around a lot, you don't keep up with a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. at the time, like, I was growing up like MySpace and having an email and things like that was just becoming a thing. Mm. So you didn't really keep up with your friends unless you had their phone number. And that was probably going to change in two to three years. Mm. Right. Or you, you know, write them or whatever. So I would say most of the people I talk to that have come from military backgrounds, I've never heard them say what my parents gave us. Right. Mm. I think we were kind of, my parents didn't raise us to be in the mindset of the military, but yeah. at the same time, they used, my dad used the military as a way of shaping us at the same time. Because yeah. he was like, he was a um, a drill sergeant for oh. uh, many years in his career, in his military career. And I could, I can tell, like, especially as I've gotten older, how he used some of these practices to help us become the men and women that we are right yeah Mm -hmm. um and in that i think that him being a black father too helped in the raising of us because you there's some troubled military kids you know like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Uh, and you can easily fall into a lifestyle that can like be kind of tough and really hard and growing up in the military like base and I, I had a lot of friends that went through things yeah. you know different types of lifestyles mm. and I, I don't think a lot of people realize like being in the military you're around you're surrounded by the most eclectic diverse group of people ever yeah. mm. and you have to accept these people mm-hmm. right? right if you don't you're gonna have a problem mm-hmm. basically um, and so you just learn quick that I just have to be 
my I have to raise my family for myself, mm. basically. Mm. And that this is just part of our community, right? And so I was raised in the church too. So we had the church that helped us as well mm. and raising us, right? And they always put preference on like being parts of like black community yeah. as much as possible, but also showing us to other communities as well. So yeah, I think that um, the choice of them telling us like community or college or military, I think yeah. that was the only time I've ever heard that. I've never heard anyone else be like, yeah, I only had that choice as well. Right. Mm. Cause I feel like some people just know college. Right. And mm. most parents don't want their kids to go to the military. Right. No. <laughs> Especially true. after 20, 2001, you know, yeah. like yes. they're like, Oh no, I don't want my child. My mom to get was, a, was a big yeah, advocate happened? of that. What's up with that? I don't remember. I remember one time I told my so mom weird. that I yeah. said, Hey ma, I just thought about going to the army. And she was like, you know, I thought about you getting kicked out of my house. <laughs> That's crazy. That's really crazy. Um, is, is you would already be out of the house because I, you're off to camp. So I right. would be. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Real quick, just to yeah. mess, mess around with it. <clears throat> yes. Project Pat or Juicy J? Oh, well, okay. Damn. You're going to do that to me? It's 3 6 That's Mafia all day. I don't care. Oh. I asked the hard questions on this show. That's me. I ask the tough questions. Oh, I, make I, I, I will cause gray hairs. No, I, we, don't, <laughs> I will we, you out. we don't separate. We're not separating, but who self. do you just prefer to listen to? I mean, I think Project Pat is actually a genius when it comes to like mm -hmm. his flow. His flow and Juicy J is an amazing producer, right? Like he produces, yeah. Like that's his bread and butter. I thought it was uh, DJ Paul. No, Juicy J. Oh, I'm bugging. Yeah, is a producer, Shit. but he also is a rapper too. Um, they're they all rap, you know, they all spit, but but that's Juicy J's. That's like, Juicy J's like bag. God, oh, never mind. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> like they people that's okay. call on him. Oh, that's good. You don't have to know Memphis history. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh. Damn. That was a gag right there. She, yeah, she, she gagged so the fuck out of here. Gangsta Boo and Glorilla, but Gangsta Boo passed on. Gangsta Boo, God. always. Mm. I'm sorry. Yo. And Glorilla wouldn't be where she's at without Gangsta Boo. I love Gangsta Boo. Gangsta Boo. That type of rapping, though, is very tough yes. for a lot of people to listen to. Yes. Because it's... I don't see how. Well... The hey. situations that she was living in, it's like, oh, it's grimy. It's 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 real. It's raw. Oh, no doubt. It's, but it's and she's not she's not afraid to tell the world like this is my lifestyle. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's a lot of like Memphis folks though too. Like you hear in like Moneybag Yo and like um, I like him, but he's solid. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Glorilla, like I feel like she's finally starting to get in her bag a little bit more and like. I want her to actually like talk about her life and like really spit for us because I know she can do it. Um, but yeah, I like Lorilla. I like what she's doing for our neighborhood. You know, um, are y'all from yeah. the same area in Memphis? South Memphis, yeah. Oh, fire! Yeah. I'm from South Memphis. So. Dope, Jalisa. You've yeah. uh, you've done a number of residencies in your artistic career, yeah. and um, I'm always curious. You know. 
what is it that residencies you feel offer you uniquely mm-hmm. uh, that helps advance your art your artistry residencies allow you to really just forget the outside world mm-hmm. and just tap in to like whatever you want the i mean the possibilities are limitless the only limit is yourself that you put on yourself mm-hmm. basically and most residencies come with like a certain type of like um Syllabus, so you know some things that you have to meet, right? Which helps, right? It's like going back to school, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. if if you choose to do residencies, I think you should go in knowing what you want to achieve. And every time I've done successful residencies, by the end of it, I've come out an even better artist. Mm-hmm. It, it helps shape you as an artist, I believe, because you get to work with people who are masters of their craft or masters of the art world in a sense right they yeah. they have an understanding of what you're trying to do yeah and what you're trying to achieve or where you're trying to get and i think that residencies are a gateway into an evolution of an artist mm. honestly mm. Um, in my experience and i just pray i continue to get to do more because it's either I continue to do residencies or I go get an MFA in art. So <laughs> I think I like the residencies because yeah. I'm a bop around person. Yeah. I like to be around different things. Right, you know? which makes yeah. sense given you know that you grew up. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like being like a monk to me. Kind of. Like it honestly, yes. You have to like. You're in a little bit of an isolation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just when you said you're, you're stepping away from the outside world, yeah, and you're just kind of going within to then you know display it. Mm-hmm. Um, in your art yeah mm-hmm. no it's, you have to have some I think every artist or everyone that pursues anything right like you have to refine your skills as much as possible yeah um, and that's the great thing about having space dedicated to just only that right especially in our world with like things are happening like you need a time to just escape being an adult but also like living in the world too yeah uh and the responsibilities that that comes with so you know i always tell artists like try to get residencies that are diverse it doesn't matter like if they don't offer you a stipend just try to save up if you can so that you can buy your supplies or get to know other artists and other art organizations um bless up to all the artists and art organizations that's helped me down to get materials um, knowing about places like Material for the Arts, who offer like free art supplies, um, different organ- nonprofit organizations can sign up for that. That do like art programs or anything like that um, can go and get just a plethora of free art supplies, basically. Wonderful. Um, but knowing that and knowing those things and knowing like how you're going to support yourself in these residencies is an important thing. Um, so that's the planning part of mm-hmm. some things. Now, some residencies do offer you more than that. They offer you travel, stipends, meals, everything that you need. Mm-hmm. And then some don't. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's not an opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think some people get so, like, ah, like weighted down by, like, what an opportunity means. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, like, money doesn't have to be at the root of all of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. you have to... You know, discern for yourself, like, what do I really want to take away as an artist in residencies? It's difficult, yeah. to, uh, you know, when you have to, you feel like you have to make hard choices. And especially, 
when you are a creative person, you've spent a, a large amount of your life hearing from people that like, well, that's not going to mm-hmm. keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going to come out of plan B. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> like you are <laughs> always looking so for much. paid artistic opportunities. And of course mm-hmm. they, they, they do come, but there, there is a period of, of proving ground yeah. and there's a period where maybe you do have to dip into the monastic <laughs> and kind of retreat and, 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 and maybe, you know, maybe you're only eating cup noodles yes. for a few weeks yes. while you, while you work on this, uh, whatever it is, or while you're, you're banging out these self tapes if you're an mm-hmm. actor or cause you're locked in. Yeah. You're yeah. locked in. You, 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 you know exactly where, where you need to be and you won't stop until it's finished. No. Mm-hmm. You won't stop until you feel like you're just you're you're secured. You love what you put out in this specific piece. Mm-hmm. You know, just mainly we're talking about um, like painting. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm rem- thinking about one of my friends right now. She's putting together six pieces for this um, event that she's in, mm. and she's been hammering out from day one. Yeah. yeah. She's like, look, I may be getting yeah. like four hours of sleep mm-hmm. every single day, but this shit is getting finished. It's important. She was like, it's important. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's <laughs> up to her. I hope she gets it done. I'm going to let you know about it too. Yeah. She, she's a yeah. wonderful, wonderful person. Always support. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm curious, you know, earlier when you mentioned the, uh, mm-hmm. you, the, the participation, the conversation between artist and, uh, and consumer, Mm-hmm. art viewer mm-hmm. um and you talked about how interpretations obviously can be different and perspectives yield different uh, ideas and can build on each other do you believe that every interpretation is valid do you believe that there's a point where you as the artist can say no that is definitively not what this piece represents yeah i think definitely okay. because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. some people you know especially when it comes to black art for some reason they want to make it more than it actually is, right? And sometimes I allow my narrative to just be a beautiful narrative and not be rooted in this blackness, right? But at the core of it, I'm a black woman, so obviously that's going to be in it. Mm -hmm. And if you try to misconstrue it in any other way to make it seem like it's more than what it is or a narrative that's affecting my blackness and my my womanhood, then I have a problem. I was just having this conversation with Wes a few months ago because uh, we were talking about Palm Sunday and, Mm -hmm. and some of the reception to it early on when it was coming out. And it felt like, you know, I said, I think especially in a post get out filmscape, there has become a, an instinct to try to find the the what the thing is saying yeah. or the moral of the <laughs> of the black art because it must be telling me something especially if the me is like a white audience right. it must be telling me something about myself and i don't know if you've seen palm sunday yeah it's yes, amazing you know. congratulations thank you i appreciate that yeah um, y'all are uh, oscar Qualifying? Oscar qualifying, yes. Oscar yes, qualifying. that's that. amazing. Um, that <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> you don't that tell me shit. shit. I, th- I posted it online. I thought yeah, you did post it's it. a big yeah. accolade. <laughs> <laughs> now that one I saw. <laughs> now that nice. one I saw. You know what I'm saying? Twice. Yes. But, you know, that movie, obviously, it's a movie that's set in in 1970s in the South in America. It deals with segregation or, or or the story involves segregation 
it, it talks about assimilation or whatever. And I think because of all of that, you know, sometimes people see it and they're like, wait, so is this movie saying X or is Y about segregation? On, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's like not necessarily at the heart of it. It's a it's a story about this person in this time right. and what he's going through. And, yeah. um, and that should have as much weight as it would the social issue that you're trying to put that in. you're trying to find. Yeah. So it's it's very mm-hmm. uh refreshing actually yeah. not just ref- i mean i'm almost vindicating to hear you say exactly what was in my mind no i think a lot of our community is going through this though honestly because i think at the end of the day we just want to create yeah you know yeah. and like know that it's for creation's sake it's part of what that movie american fiction talks yeah. about which is a fantastic film i don't it. know how yeah. y'all feel about it yeah we out it's, uh, it's good it. we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna find a time to see it good go yeah. watch it yeah. I think a lot of people feel some type of way because there is some type of classism in it, but mm. it as far be as the black art conversation, conversation, it was it was it was I think pretty well done. It's yeah. necessary. I think we have to have these like transparent conversations yeah. within talks. our community. Tough talks. Hashtag yeah. tough talks. And it needs to happen in <laughs> the art mm-hmm. because that's the only place people can actually receive it. Right. Yeah. A little bit of sugar with the medicine. Exactly. Ooh. I'm being entertained by this movie about a giant shark. Oh, it's actually yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the like, consumerism. I mean, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always like not every art is sugar with the medicine. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's straight medicine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have my niece and nephew, and I love mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. I love you, kids. <laughs> but sometimes you little 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 uh, y'all children, y'all children, y'all know how children are. Yeah, yes, we and do. I'm like, I need to traumatize these children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, like for real. He's been what asking me what movie to show them that will shock them into uh, a state of maturity, I yeah. guess. And what of type of maturity? Though? Like Hotel Rwanda. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's a good not one. very entertaining. There's <laughs> <laughs> no sugar in that shit. No, no. Well, like the boy in the striped pajamas think, or something? No, hmm. I, I think you just They're go with the eight. classic roots. Like, I didn't even see that. You need to watch. Uh, well, roots. then all of y'all need to sit down and watch this <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, like, um, all of y'all. Because that's you what did that, it to me. Yeah, Listen, yeah. I went to a baby funeral. I'm, Took I'm, my I'm, ass I'm, out. As soon as I could read <laughs> and comprehend, my mom was like, "All right, now you sit down. You're gonna watch this." <laughs> Even as a kid, the I was full like, series. Oh, what is actually, yeah. The full series. Yeah. The full series. I was. Uh, I think I was about 11, 10, 11. What is? Yeah. What were the movies like that? What were the movies that y'all had to watch that your parents were like, "Okay, sit down, watch this." And you're gonna learn. Amistad for sure was one. Um, I did see that. I haven't seen it's that. It's pretty intense. I don't. I don't think it was really like that. For, I, I know it's ironic because I'm an actor, but I don't think it was really <laughs> like that for my parents. I. Can't I mean, recall. Didn't grow up thinking like I'm turning my son into uh, a thespian. Right. No, no I know, yeah. but yeah, I, there, like I can't remember like <laughs> no, uh, exactly. I can't remember a moment where it was like, oh, listen, you're gonna. I mean. Maybe just like Bruce Lee stuff, like maybe like Enter mm. the Dragon, but mm-hmm. but but just because like it's you got to know like this is Bruce Lee and my dad mm-hmm. was a martial artist and he grew up in the seventies and the eighties, mm-hmm. so Bruce Lee was a superstar to him. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, any mom just showing you Michael Bay movies? <laughs> my, mom, <laughs> my mom actually was the first person to show me, uh, and I don't even know if it was intentionally, but I watched John Carpenter's The Thing with her for the first time. Oh wow! Uh, one of my favorite movies to this day. That movie. my mom That's doesn't even like horror so movies, good. Yeah. but she was just like, "No, well, here it is." <laughs> right. I was wow. Just it with her. So See. love that movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think for me, when it came to knowing about um, 
black movies, mm-hmm. like black black exploitation movies. Like I, it, it just it came out of nowhere for me being I, I would say at the age of eleven. Mm-hmm. No, no, even earlier, like eight, eight to thirteen. I've seen I was I saw Boomerang. <laughs> I saw I saw Meteor Man. Boomerang, one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Meteor you Man, with Robert friends. Townsend. Yeah. Um, I literally had that movie mm-hmm. on VHS, yeah. and I can't even count on my fingers how many times I watched that movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like the the intro with Michael Jackson's "I Can't Let It Get Away from the Dangerous" album <laughs> just starts it off in DC. You know, <laughs> it, it was such such a wonderful movie as a kid. And then um, from there, I saw uh, Hollywood Shuffle mm-hmm. um, with Ken Ivory Wayans and Robert Townsend. Just like yeah. being around black movies. Um, even I'm gonna get you sucker, but back to Robert Townsend, one of my not even one of my favorite movie of all time, The Five Heartbeats. Yes, mm-hmm. we still and gotta watch that. Classic. Bro, when I tell you I love that movie from start to finish. Do you think it's better than the Temptations movie? Fuck yes. <laughs> oh, oh, I will say that with with my chest. I will say I, it with my whole I chest. I imagine both of these movies, both of these discs are in my home, and I haven't Same. watched either of them all the way through. But mm-hmm. I think the benefit that the Five Heartbeats has is that it's about the temptations without being about the temptations. Exactly. Yeah. When you're inspired by something, but you don't need to feel, you don't have to feel adhered to their actual mm-hmm. life. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you can take more liberty. Right. Yeah. So I think something like the five heartbeats, which explores some, you know, aspects of something like, yeah, or a group like the temptations or any, any number of Motown groups, mm-hmm. you know, um, it can kind of make a big little gumbo out yeah. of all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. But, and you know, what's so crazy. It's like, the one thing I do love about the five harpies, and it's and it's not just, and I do agree that yeah, it's um, it revolves around the inspiration from mm-hmm. the temptations itself. They, they they didn't need to say, hey, mm-hmm. this is actually yes. like my story, like so what what I what I picked off of a watching the temptations. Like this is how I feel. This right. this should be like I, I created this group in myself. No, it's just he, um, Robert Townsend and Kevin Ivory Wayans. They mm-hmm. sat down and they were like, okay, we're gonna create a movie that is about a black group in the 60s wanting to make a come up and we're going to pull these we're, we're going to grab the dells mm-hmm. we're going to grab um david ruffin to give us the <laughs> the thumbs up mm-hmm. yes. to have us have this green light for this movie and create songs that people still love to this day and i still mm-hmm. love a heart as a house of love mm-hmm. i still love oh god i saw that song so much. <laughs> um nothing but love uh-huh. um and even with uh other groups that are that are in that are in that movie it's just um something that makes me go back to it and say like damn mm-hmm. you really created a mass a, a black classic that right. even a black classic within a black classic yeah you created a black classic music group <laughs> yeah and then made a movie about them yes yeah. <laughs> that even people that with the higher ups in, in hollywood they made a musical they made a yeah. fucking musical <laughs> bro that credit. Yeah. it's so good and like when people say like oh my god i fucking hate these movie musicals and like yeah th- they see it now like nowadays when people make music movie musicals you're like oh my god here we go again with another motherfucking one when you go back to 1991 <laughs> for the five heartbeats you go you didn't even fresh. think of that yeah you know so fucking funny I didn't even think of that until yeah, uh, right now. <laughs> I was, was like, <laughs> I think back then it was better because a lot of even the Disney movies were musicals in it mm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And them shits carried weight. Now they don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't. I mean, I'm not a musical, you know, watching musicals kind of a person, mm-hmm. but just from what I've heard, you know, like 
two things that are popping off on top of my head, but they're mainly white and, you know, mayonnaise. It's uh, <laughs> Cats and um, uh, the new Mean Girls joint. Mm-hmm. I did see that shit. You know, I heard them, them shits were, were not good. Oh, it was it was a bit bland. <laughs> Why would you do <laughs> that to skin. yourself? Um, I it, it was I saw <laughs> it, it was I be. saw it with 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 friends <laughs> and they like oh we need to see the Mean Girls musical and then my, one of my other friends she wants to see it for her birthday and she's gonna rent out the movie theater. Rent out the theater. I love you, bestie. I love you, but yeah. we're gonna yeah, see this like again. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um it's with a Renee Rapp who was in the um, the Broadway version. Group, in that one too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's um doing this again. Great voice and all that. Wonderful singer yeah. she is. Wonderful yeah. singer. Yeah. Since we're talking about movies, yeah. um, I want to dovetail <laughs> it back towards uh, you, Jalisa. Okay. Production design. Um, mm-hmm. It is very enlightening to hear that your mother was an interior designer, yeah. because obviously these two things go hand in hand. But the um, jeans was was Speak Up Brother it. the first production? Well, no, because you've done some theater. Yeah, done some, yeah. Okay. So so I guess I'm curious about for someone who's who's a, lay, a layman, yeah. not even just the timeline, but what is production design comprehensively mm-hmm. and and what is your approach to it and what do you feel is your signature, right? Because yeah. actors are approached because they can do a certain thing. Right. Production designers are approached because hopefully they can curate a specific look. So what do you think that is for you? Uh, I think the most important thing about production design is uh, allowing the space that surrounds the actors to be as a character itself. And then I just basically lean into what that character is, whatever location or background that is. Mm -hmm. I just try to make a narrative within that. Mm. So I want to know everything. And Mm. when I talk to directors, I'm like asking like, well, tell me more about this character's home for instance mm-hmm. or the therapist's office mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the club that they frequent mm-hmm. you know just speaking about speak up brother um but i started in production design out of accident actually when i moved to new york i was in the art world trying to figure it out and i just was kind of transversing like in spaces that different art communities had and I joined this collective randomly on Facebook when mm-hmm. you know there was Facebook collectives. Oh yes. Um <laughs> and they were thriving. They were yeah. thriving yes, they at were. some point. I, at a certain point it was like twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I, yes. I was working. <laughs> um and that's how I got into like this world of film and TV, but also production design again for theater. Um yeah. and for black box shows and different performances and stuff like that so i joined the collective and i think i was like i really needed some money (laughs) and i was like i could do anything (laughs) at that point right so i said i was a carpenter oh i'm not a carpenter okay okay i know how to use some of the tools barely (laughs) and so use a screwdriver you'll be fine that's exactly (laughs) i was like yeah i could do this um, so basically the collective reached out, they were like, oh, hey, so we have like this, um, immersive performance experience that we want to put on. We're looking to build these things, but also the place that we're using the guy, he needs someone to like outfit this like staircase in order for us to use the space. So mm-hmm. we said, whoever we bring on, they can fix the staircase for you. Right. Two for one deal. 
I was like, yeah. Absolutely. Google's how to fix staircase. (laughs) I said, give me the manual. (laughs) I know how to count. I know my math. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. That's carpentry is knowing math. Yeah. Um, Damn. And I basically did that. And (laughs) they loved it. And they continued to, like, use me um, for production design. And I didn't know I was doing production design. Right. That's the thing. They didn't, like, say it was you're a production designer right uh until i started working as a pa in the costume department mm-hmm. and i started learning about all the different departments in film and tv yeah uh and my first gig was on madam secretary um shout out to madam secretary for employing me for many years um yeah, sure. and from there i just got to talk to all the different departments one being the art department and finding out exactly what do they do yeah and Knowing that I don't necessarily have to work in that field to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm learning no matter what, as Mm -hmm. long as I'm on set. I think the best way to learn something is to observe. To sit back and make calculated movements from there, right? Oh, I see that in order for them to set up this scene, they have to like, this person does this, I do that, whatever it is, you know? And so from there, I just took all those skills and then I put it all into what I do now. My first film um, I worked on was um, uh, uh, Wild Darling Sings the Blues. Uh, shout out to Nova Scott, who's the director of that. Mm-hmm. Floor, who is a producer, who also produced Cameron's film, Harlem Fragments. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met Danielle and Cameron. And then from there, it's all about community. Mm -hmm. You just learn that you work well with people and you want to keep that up. And that's what I've learned. And through my research about many directors is once they find a good production designer or art director, you kind of stick with your camp. They help craft the look like a lot of a lot of what people. A lot of people don't realize that what they identify as the aesthetic of a certain director is not just the director. Mm -hmm. It is their editor. It is their production designer and their cinematographer almost always the three of them working yeah. in tandem with the director. Yeah. And sometimes uh, those roles can be filled by the same person. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite uh, filmmakers, Wong Kar Wai, uh, mm. he's a Hong Kong filmmaker. His production designer, William Chung, is also his editor mm-hmm. on several films. And that makes sense. And his costume designer sometimes. That's fantastic. Because <laughs> no, honestly, because it helps with the narrative, right? right? right. Uh, they always say, I think William Defoe was doing an <laughs> interview and he's talking about like him directing versus being an actor and being a theater actor, being a thespian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just saying that at the end of the day, as long as you know what the end result is, right, then you'll be successful. Mm. And he was basically talking about like the editing part, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you can go through this, but if you don't know how you want it to end, you're not going to know what your story is going to be about. Right. You're going to get lost in it. Right. right. Um, and I thought that was something smart to say because I have to think about the end result. I have to think about what does the whole entire world of this film or theater piece look like Yeah. so that the people that come into it know it, but also when the editor works with it, it's easy. So mm-hmm. my biggest thing is continuity. I try. Mm-hmm. I mean, it mm-hmm. irks me, y'all. It really <laughs> irks me. What irks you? Continuity is basically mm. when... Uh, you want to make sure that everything's set up for the scene exactly how it was initially set up. Yep. Okay. 
So, so you that, saw you can, me yeah, on the flow of time. Yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> I can I can tell our audience exactly how detail oriented Jaleesa is. Um, we worked on this film, which also I have to correct myself was not just written by Roderick; it was also co-written with Obi West and James Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it, I mean, my character Meek uh, was uh, was a <laughs> enjoyer of marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, Jaleesa had these, you know, these pre-rolls for me. And, you know, one of the things the uh, one of the most one of the easiest examples of how continuity affects filmmaking is like, OK, we have to light this this joint, but we have to make sure that we unlight it between takes and we have to watch the length of it mm-hmm. because yep. if it's shorter when we shoot an earlier moment, you'll see it. Then oh, yeah, people you know, will notice. And I mean, it gets, it's wonky. Yeah. Right? Me and a friend were watching uh, from Dust Till Dawn yesterday. Oh, uh, classic! Oh yeah. my god, that one is the continuity in that movie is so weird. Yeah. Yes. So there's that guy, and I have a theory about uh, this gentleman. He's just the the big black guy with a cigar. I haven't seen the movie. But as as when you uh, just were talking about uh-huh. the joint thing, you know what I'm talking about? The black dude, the homeboy from Holiday Heart. Yeah. I think yeah, so yeah. with the mustache. <laughs> he passed away. R.I.P. R.I.P. to the god. Yeah. <laughs> he kept lighting. That cigar, but it was as always if it was the first time, and it's always the same length. He didn't ash, he didn't do nothing. <laughs> no. None no. of these niggas in the movie reloaded their fucking gun. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's I have just a little every take is a do take. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yo, and I have a theory. I feel like that guy was supposed to be OJ Simpson. Mm. Just from the way he looks, and around the time that movie came out, he had an OJ look about him. <laughs> <laughs> He was very right. OJ. Yeah, OJ. Some killer intent. You know? <laughs> OJ Simpson face. Like, he has OJ, OJ Simpson, Simpson face. face effects one and three black men between the ages of 50 yeah, and killer 70. killer intent, you know. If you are a loved one has been affected by OJ Simpson face, don't hilarious. drink the Dial this toll-free number. You may be entitled to compensation. That is uh, hilarious. Side effects may cause bleeding when you're in Asian. <laughs> but that's a type of filming, though. Mm-hmm. That is a very a thing like a lot of directors it's supposed to be like that some some don't care some directors really don't they care don't about care. continuity mm-hmm. yeah. they're like no we're gonna just get the shot yeah all right well then but also <laughs> it depends on the actor too uh. williamson this guy yes that was supposed to be oj okay, simpson no, no, no. I, yeah, yeah, right yeah. am i bugging i can see it uh, I, can I don't see it. i haven't seen the movie but from his face here i can see it and he was a football defensive back anyway in real life so. i rest so. my case i rest there my case <laughs> yeah but i think that He's still alive. Continuity is something important, and you should try to carry it out as much as possible, right? Yeah. It's the through line, right? Like, Yeah, as much as films are a, uh, an encapsulation of time, yeah. and assuming you're not doing any like Christopher Nolan time-weavy exactly. stuff. And even he is pretty good with continuity, despite oh, all of that. Despite. Or okay. because of that. He, But, you know, point being, yeah, you want your, your audience to feel that progression. Yeah. Um, Gentlemen, any more, any final questions for Jaleesa? I don't have anything. Uh, well, what is... <laughs> Are you laughing over me? Well. That's <laughs> the way you put your phone I didn't even out. say I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Where are the diamonds? Um, no, I... Um, what is your favorite song to listen to right now? I thought Ooh. you were going to say favorite color, which is kind of an interesting question. Well, we'll do two. Maybe, maybe, maybe okay. three. Maybe <laughs> yeah, three rapid fire. The three. first one, yeah. first one, favorite color. 
favorite color? Orange. And okay, not just any type of orange. It's a China orange. So it has a, a nice orange. blend between like a reddish undertone mm. and a little bit of yellow. Mm. Uh, it has more of a reddish hue than like, it like has a red yellow. orange, like a like the yeah. um yes. Yeah. Like the fruit. Oh but that's not fire. That, not, not a like blood orange. China orange color. Ah. Like uh, Panatone uh, color. It's hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You see what I'm talking about? I it know. has more yeah. red. It's, it's a beautiful color. Yeah, it is. That's the, that's yeah. It looks it's like the Larry color in that, in that painting that you were yeah. drawn to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's always my goal to get that color. I'm actually mixing some colors, some paints mm-hmm. right now uh, for a piece. But nice. uh, I imagine you I spent a lot of time color. Uh, studying color theory, too. Yes. And what colors evoke what responses oh in, the, in the brain. The psychology of color is very interesting. Actually, on that note, there's a video... I saw on YouTube. I sent it to you. I mm. think what was it? about the psychology of color. Oh yeah, that's cool. I had a forward that view. It's very I'm always curious about you it. You don't want to send shit color. to me. You're yeah, fucking black. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I'm. I'm, um, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. It's, not, it's not about you. It's about you, uh, uh, Mr. Winley. Gangster, and I, 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 I <laughs> not even aesthetics. about Jaleesa. is sweet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Talking about you. God damn it. You know, you're very welcome. But you, sir, you didn't think I don't read? What? Back to, like Back to roots. Back to roots. Huh? You think I'm, I'm one of them? I know, right? <laughs> I'm a monkey. I'm a jigaboo. Ma- <laughs> Real quick, Justin. I'm so sorry. I, I haven't asked you to do a voice in a minute. Hmm. Could you do a Frieza impression for me, please? <laughs> I don't know if I could actually do Frieza because yes, I haven't heard can. him in a while. Nigga, you, you did Will Smith. Approximate <laughs> what Frieza might sound like <laughs> based on how he looks, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> If you went to Howard University for one year and came back. <laughs> <laughs> so favorite color, China Orange. Yeah. Uh, uh, favorite song yes. or a song that you've been listening to a lot recently? So I listen to a plethora of different types of songs and yeah. music. And my like yeah. songs are wild. Mm-hmm. Like they jump. Okay. Um, but what I will do is I will tell you my favorite artists. And I'll give you three. Okay. Cool. Uh, Billie Holiday. Um, classic. I just, I love her. Uh, Tribe Called Quest. Fuego. Absolute sense. Course, right? That course. makes yeah. absolute sense. Even and your even your artwork feels inspired by their yeah. their album covers. Yes. It, it's it, it was very influential for me, especially growing up. Um, mm. And then, um, Clark Sisters. Uh, classic. Come on, Dawson. Clark Sisters. Yeah. yeah. Why I, not? I love the Clark Sisters. my living <laughs> <laughs> Yes. yes. Come on now. They can bring you onto the choir. Hey, come on yes. now. Are you, come on. Are you the seventh Clark right. sister? How many of them there are? Listen, it didn't Clark know. Sisters? Listen, I grew um, up in, 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 a, in a lonely town. Uh, yeah. I knew my daddy was one of them. <laughs> Do you have a, a rapid fire question? A rapid fire question? All right, today's the Super Bowl, but not about who's winning. Okay. Fuck that. Because I couldn't tell you. Mm. I'm sorry. If you're watching, what's your... Uh, What's your favorite, you know, food to eat while you're watching a game? If you prefer, if you do partake in watching sports. Okay. I, I do like watching basketball okay. if I watch it. Um, and I would say simple Lay's potato chips, you know? Hey, you well, can't well, beat flavor. the classic. What's the flavor? You be just the, just the, the, the regular, original, mm. original. Now, okay, Gary, so. it depends. I have a bag waiting for me at home right now. See, right. it hits, yeah. right? When, it, when you want it. When you want it. I like yes. the wavy joints. The, the wavy, wavy joints. Ones. Yeah, they collect the salt. and Yeah. I remember one time. <laughs> it collects all, all, all the heart problems. <laughs> <laughs> 
all the high cholesterol. I one time, and I got to say this, because it was about Lay's chips, the mm. originals, mm-hmm. and I have never, ever, sh- shout out to you, Bria, because you remember this story. Mm-hmm. I We were on the train, and I had a bag of Lay's potato chips. It's a simple one. Mm-hmm. Every single chip had the perfect crunch, the perfect crisp, and I was like, this is heaven right now. Yes. If I could recreate this, this particular moment. bag. I wasn't, <laughs> every I wasn't time. even high. That's the crazy part. And <laughs> I was like, yo. But food does that to yeah. you. Yes. Like the perfection of food when yes. you finally have it the way you should. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not a crumbled bag of I, chips. I was just sharing with, with someone. All, there all are the crumbs f- in the bag. One right. of the most deep disappointments is when you bite into something and it doesn't taste the way oh. that you oh expect. Oh my God. When you have a craving and it, it's not met. I there Listen. <laughs> there have been times that I've gone to the deli. I order my. I usually get a chicken cutlet sandwich, mm-hmm. and if they if they put the wrong cheese on, there's nothing worse than American cheese when you're not oh. expecting American cheese. Come on now, you okay? I Come felt your now. hurt. Right? You okay? Listen, listen. It's good. I get it. I see it. Don't go back, back to those times. Don't, don't go do back it. To those times. <laughs> you're about to relive it. You're here now. You're here. Lazarus. Lazarus. Or when like the lettuce yeah, ain't, ain't lettuce in right, or it's when not. The, mm-hmm. the chicken oh. is stale. The worst this is, is why the tomato. If they give me a Ooh. soggy the tomato, lim- I'm the pissed. The tomato, the like uh-huh. something about it. Yeah. Warm yeah. tomato. Oh, <laughs> why? Just a lukewarm tomato. What in your mind thought this was right? <laughs> What made you put that that's on that? My oh my goddamn sandwich! <laughs> and next time someone annoys you, I'm calling them a warm tomato. <laughs> a warm tomato. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's you know a, what you are. A you are warm hit, tomato. You're like, a lukewarm <laughs> tomato. Because they'll, they'll know exactly it. what. I, oh, I'm floppy. I'm like <laughs> humid. Uh, <laughs> fucking lukewarm tomato. <laughs> that reminds me of when Eddie Murphy's calls someone a limp noodle in Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Which God. was probably a hidden erection, uh, dis, uh, erectile dysfunction joke uh, from the from the writers, because you know people always seek stuff that. into it's animation. It's a Disney thing. It is. Yeah. They yeah. do have like this Just thing like about putting that in Some their little, films. Yeah, because the adult adults have to be like, yeah. ha! while they're right. sitting there with their snot nose, <laughs> right. old. Yeah. What um, do they mean by lip noodle? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Kid. We was, yo, I was babysitting this dude's kids once, and I was watching Shrek while the kids were asleep. And he was like, yo, bro, I love this movie. Shrek is not for kids. No, Shrek is not, not for kids. Not for kids. <laughs> no, Shrek is like ether for uh, for Disney. Yeah. That's what I, it is. I heard that is like a conspiracy theory. That, it's not like, a conspiracy theory. It's real. The guy, they, he, he got fired yeah, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got fired. It was a... A collaborate, yeah. like, like some some sort there of conflict. There were budding heads or something. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what movies this gentleman made. But uh, anyways, he had rap beef with Disney, mm-hmm. and he went to go make DreamWorks, mm-hmm. and Shrek was the first film that they oh, made, right? Yeah. And then and it it's, turned, it's, it's lampooning it's all the Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, and, but they were saying all the Disney people that were like um, doing some bullshit. Uh-huh. They moved them to the Shrek. Yeah. Project, uh, yeah. be thinking that it was gonna be a fucking flop and becomes one of the greatest yeah. animated movies of all time. Of all time. Of and all I'm time. like, are you serious? So great that it became a, a Broadway show, a, a Broadway, Broadway musical. Show. They Listen. put songs in this bitch, <laughs> right? And they're gonna <laughs> the make soundtrack hit though. They're gonna make another movie <laughs> coming up soon. Yeah, a donkey movie. <laughs> no. all, but just to get back to it, we've been saying fuckwad for over twenty <laughs> years. Yeah. Fuckwad, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Lord Farquaad. <laughs> and that nigga <laughs> evil. Yeah, Real <laughs> evil. Sure is. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Amazing movie, by the yeah. way. That was yeah. a yeah. phenomenal yeah. movie. I haven't watched that yet. I, it's heartfelt. I was Yo, laughing. Tap in, heartfelt, yeah. and I was laughing my 
ass. Tap in, bro. Yes. Right, I'm gonna tap don't in. Sleep. I don't need sleep. that donkey movie Netflix, though. Netflix, bitch. Netflix. They'll probably a... get one from him. I think they will. That that dog, movie, if Eddie is that like dog with the sock with it. on, yo, made me feel so bad for him. But I was cracking up by him. He said, "You want to rub my belly?" But there be dog. <laughs> That's all distended and diseased. Nasty. <laughs> Uh, Jalisa, before we close out, please yeah. let us know anything you're working on next. Where can people keep up with you? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, um, all of us will come through. Yeah, I uh, I'm preparing for a few things, especially in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have my first museum show. Wonderful. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big accolade. You know, you never realize how the, your goals do come true. You just got to give it some time. I know right? that's right. Um, say, I need you to say it again. Just. <laughs> I mean, for audience, but for me personally, but go yeah. ahead. Yo, your your goals will come true. Just have to give it some time. And um, that's my water bottle. Just, it's going to manifest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, but yeah, I have that coming up this summer. I'm very proud. So I'm just making the work for that. Nice. Um, most of it's done, but just riding the wave of that, staying focused. And then, um, yeah, I have some smaller projects coming up. But the best way to keep up with me right now is uh, I just recently opened up my Etsy shop. Okay. Yes. So I was just going to ask, where can we cop some of your stuff? Yeah. If you want to buy something, I'm already on I, it. I'm slowly rolling some things out. These are kind of my generic designs, but all handmade, you know, Do as you much as they're generic. Do you print anything on clothing, like t-shirts? Or? Yeah. I, I might get back into it. I okay. used to. I The thing about being an artist slash designer is that. I still come from this world of like print design. That's how I studied graphic design mm-hmm. and knowing this world of like digital art and mm-hmm. everything is uh, interesting to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, all that takes money, yeah. Honestly, all yeah. the printing but and stuff, yeah, yeah. And what I've learned is that I can use all this now automated systems. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I love it. Um, so if I do any print. It will probably be like through an automated system where I create the design and I sell it on my Etsy. Cool. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely put that link in yeah. the show notes. Yeah. Sure. And then I have a newsletter now. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. On Substack. If you don't have Substack. I've heard of it. Substack. It's right. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to slowly take over for social media. And mm. I love it because oh, right. it's actually about reading and about actual content mm. that people should care about mm. and people sharing a little bit more than a small paragraph that they can put on underneath as a caption, you know? I love Instagram. Not, don't of get course. me wrong, but I think this it's a great is, resource. It's nice to yeah. further tell people what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, I got just, going right now. I just had a, I, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but I just had a thought. Um, is there any new mediums that you want to tap into? Hmm. Like new ways of creating art. That's something you haven't touched yet. Well, right now, my main medium is uh, natural dyes with, like, indigo, you know, mm-hmm. um, clays and things like that. Hard. Um, I'm trying to become a master indigo dyer, basically. Okay. So, my goal is to, like, continue. There's a whole world I still don't know about when it comes to natural dye, but pertaining to indigo. Um, so, I need to travel some more and, like really learn from master Where? indigo artists. I really want to get to Molly. Molly is known for their indigo dye, um, like vats and pits. They have mm-hmm. like some of the most ancient pits in the world. Uh, Peru is pretty known for like their just natural dyeing. Um, also, I want to get 
to Malaysia. I've been before, but when I was younger. Uh, but Malaysia has a, like a large uh, natural uh, dying and indigo dying um, community. And then also Japan. I want to get back to Japan mm-hmm. and study s- under some of those greats. But mainly Africa because that's a, the biggest like research that I do is like mm. based around like African Caribbean and uh, American dying techniques. So well, very fitting for Black History Month. I know, right? So if you don't know about it. Now you know, (laughs) or come to Jaleesa. Um, I'll let you know. Jaleesa, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was great. Thank you. You are amazing. If y'all want more Uptown Love, you can peruse our back catalog on all the listening places. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll probably have another feature coming at you sometime in February. Hopefully, we'll get some another another Negro on here. (laughs) Another spectacular, another spectacular black. I know that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Go get tested. And um, give a black person some money during this month. Okay. Yeah. I know that's right. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Bless up to Harlem's very own. That's right. Till next time. No other guests shouted us out like that. Yes. Come on. Maybe someone has. Hmm. We've been doing this for a while, but we'll give the credit to you. (laughs) 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 (laughs